Hi everyone, this is Jen. And this is Dom. And you're listening to 99% Chance of Wine and Murder. <laughs> Welcome to episode 6. Yay! Yay! Um, before we do our murders tonight, I just uh, I wanted to say that I binged watched the new Sabrina on Netflix. What? Is it good? Yeah, and you know what? I needed to watch it because like I grew up watching you know, the real Sabrina. Yeah. And this is, like, a dark version of it. It looks creepy in the previews. I haven't watched it's it yet. It's pretty good. Like, the first few episodes are hard to get into, but I think it's just because they're telling so much of the background. Yeah. And you already feel like you know everything because you've already seen. Because, I mean, they keep the storyline where right. she, when she turns 16, she gets become a witch. Mm-hmm. But it's super dark, and it gets, like, more dark as the episodes go on. It's very good. Maybe I'll binge it this weekend. I said. Have you watched The Exorcist yet? I haven't. Fucker. That is my next one to watch. Do it. It's okay. so good. I I'm tell you, it's a hundred percent better than the movie. Yeah, me. I don't get mad at me, everyone, but I don't really like The Exorcist movie. She didn't like it at all, but that's okay because <laughs> it was kind of shitty. I didn't. I but just kind of. I just kind of get into it. Well, I mean, it looked really fake in the movie, but this show, I tell you. True. The show is really good. Okay. And it has like a storyline, like it like follows. Like it people. actually does. Yeah, like it moves on to different families and shit. It's oh. cool. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's, that does sound really good actually. It's really good. Nate and I finished it in like two days. That's fair. I could not stop. That's fair. I uh like the haunting of Hill House and Sabrina, like I binged in two days. Yes. Both of those in two days. I so. hope they come out with a new haunting of Hill House. It was so good. So amazing. You tell everyone about it. Who wrote that show? Do you know? No. But whoever did should make a movie. Great job. Um, I also... Um, well, no, I can't remember what show I was going to say. Scary show? Yeah, that I liked. Okay, okay Jen. We'll forget. Oh, no, documentary. Um, I just I just rewatched the first season, so I was like ready to watch the second one of Making a Murderer. Yes. Because I needed to like you know, remember yes. everything that happened. 100%. So, I heard, though, that the second season, it like, the first season, you're, like, definitely guilty. Fuck, you did it. Mm-hmm. But I hear that the second season really makes you, like, question yeah. that. Like, for sure, he looks innocent. Like, 100%. That's crazy. Like, I was even sitting in my bed, and I'm like, why the fuck is he still sitting in a jail cell right now? That's crazy. And now, like, you're just so confused. You're like, did he do it or not? Yeah, like, I just want to know. You know, it's like my that worst. really I bothers me. I hate, I hate it. Then stop telling me stories of things that are unsolved, Jen. I purposely did it because I knew you would hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I started listening to the Case Files podcast. So good! He is awesome. But he did a couple on the first, like, oh, yeah. that were unsolved. And I was like, oh, like... If he wasn't so good at telling the story, I'd have to stop listening. Because yeah. I was just like, remember I messaged you, I'm like, are they all unsolved? Because I don't know if I can do this to myself anymore. But he's yeah. so good. Like, so, like, he is stop. really good. And he, like, his voice is cool. Yeah. Because he's Australian. But he tells the story really well. Like, he's really he, well researched. Yeah, he does a really stories. good job. I just listened to one that was really good. Um... It was about it was the newest one he just put out. Oh, I have. I'm only on like episode like fifty. Yeah, there's like yeah. Um, 
But uh, it was about this like arsonist or whatever, and it's the story is. Wait, the pillow pyro? Yeah, yeah. You know, I fuck my phone screws up sometimes and goes to the end. Oh, so I listened to it. Oh, so you did listen to it. Good. Yeah, so that was the news. I was like shitting my, and then I'm like, by the middle of it, I'm like, okay. It's the dude that's figuring it's it all out. It's definitely the dude. Like, I know. I figured that out too. But it, like the story itself, like he made like interesting. And, yeah, uh, so yeah. good. Yeah, it was really good. All right, Dom's turn to go first. Yay. <laughs> she loves going first. <laughs> all right, so I decided to write about a crazy lady. Yes, women murderers. Yeah, she's she's fucked up. So growing up in an abusive situation can greatly affect the path of a person's life and set them on a destructive future. Dysfunctional behavior, irrational thoughts, jolts of anger, these are just a few of many outcomes of such a situation. This leads us to this week's story of violent tendencies and heartbreaking outcomes. Catherine Knight. Yay! (laughs) Catherine Knight was born into a fairly dysfunctional family. She, She and four of her eight siblings lived with their mother and father, while the other four were dispersed, two with an aunt and two with Barbara's previous husband, who fathers four of the children as well. In Barbara's new marriage to Ken, things were extremely savage. She endured her own personal hell of the alcoholic tendencies of her new husband, who raped her multiple times a day, among other beatings. I know, it's very sad. She would often express her hatred of sex in front of her daughters, giving them a warped view of their future relationships and what to expect. Knight reported to be sexually assaulted by many of her family members growing up, which was never proved. She grew up to make some very poor relationship decisions and repeat the same mistakes over and over again. She found her dream job, get this, at a local slaughterhouse. And prided herself. No, she's just trying to live her best life. <laughs> she prided herself on her collection of knives, which she would hang above her bed wherever she lived. Wait, what? Yeah, like she literally had like a board and would hang the knives from the board. No. Yeah. I didn't know that about her. Yeah. That's fucking creepy. I mean, although <laughs> if someone breaks into your house, you can just be like, no. Yeah, I mean, you know. But at the same time, if you were her, like, spouse, would you want to sleep next to her? Like, No, like, 100% no. I'd be like, you're going to murder me in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In 1974, David Collette would fall subject to Knight's hand and became her husband. He was known to drink heavily and be involved in many local bar fights all along with Knight backing him up at the scene. The first reported incident Sport of abuse of- yeah, actually happened the very night of their wedding. The couple went back to their room where they had sex three times before Colette drifted off into a peaceful slumber. Knight was very upset that they only had sex three times and decided to attack her new husband by trying to strangle him to death. Okay. Three times. Back up the bus. I know. What? Three times. Like, who barely has, like, energy to have sex one time after their wedding? Eh, I know. You know, she loves her some sex. This was just the beginning of many violent outbursts that would take place in their marriage. One attack in general, she viciously hit him over the head with a pan, causing him to flee to a neighbor's house for safety. Once their daughter was born, Colette left Knight to be with another woman. Shortly after, Knight, who was 
suspected of suffering from postpartum depression, was seen walking down the road with her baby in a carriage, swinging it violently back and forth. She was admitted to the hospital where not only a day later, she was released to go home without any further follow-up. Clearly, this was a terrible decision on the healthcare provider's part, as only days later, she put their daughter on the train tracks a little before a train was due to come through and went peacefully into town with no worries to shop. Thankfully, a man spotted the infant on the tracks right before the train passed and saved her from such a terrible fate. She was admitted into the hospital again, signing herself out again within 24 hours. You're just trying to kill your baby. Oh, it gets worse. She was obviously suffering much worse than the doctors were ready to admit or deal with. As the days that followed, many outbursts happened. She took a young boy hostage, and she also slashed a woman in the face with a knife. This time, instead of being seen by a normal doctor, she was admitted into psychological care. Not much was reported about their findings, and after a few days, she was released into the care of her mother-in-law and her husband, Colette. Colette returned to help his mother take take care of his unstable wife, ending up with them getting back together and having yet another daughter. I mean, it seems like the right decision after you tried to kill your first child. Yeah. This time, it was Knight that decided to leave Colette, returning to the slaughterhouse for work, where she ended up injuring her back and being placed on disability. Same old Knight. She continued the perpetuating violent cycle of dating men, inflicting violence on them, and vice versa, and having children with them and moving on. Finally, she settled down with John Price. Price was described as a very nice man and a good father. His kids, from a pre- his kids were from a previous marriage who really liked Knight, and he quickly moved her into his house, even though he was well aware of her past. At first, everything was good, with minor arguments. Everything was sunflowers until the day that Price refused to marry Knight. This set her violent side off, and she got him fired from his job of 17 years by taking pictures of the expired items he had taken home from work and sending it to his boss. What a fucking bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Price was infuriated and kicked Knight out of his house, telling his colleagues that if he was, um, that he was afraid of her and that she, if she was to hurt him or her children. He also said that if he did not turn up to work for them to report it to the authorities because he was killed by Knight. This was all after he had been stabbed in the chest by Knight. Oh my God. A few months later, he started up their relationship again. You know, when she tries to murder you, the best thing to do would be to get back together. I know. So one night, he returned home to an empty house. The children had been sent to sleep at a friend's house by night, and she was not at home. He stayed at neighbors for some time out of fear before returning home shortly before 11 p.m. He went to bed and was awoken by night. They proceeded to have sex three times, and then Price drifted off into a peaceful sleep. She's probably mad that they only had sex three times. Right? (laughs) The next morning, neighbors became extremely worried when they saw that Price had not left for work. Calling the police, they broke down the door to find an absolutely horrendous sight. A human pelt, skinned and hanging from meat hooks. A decapitated head... (sighs) 
a body with many stab wounds, some of which penetrated into the private areas and vital organs. A massacre. This was, re- this was what remained of Price. Pieces of his butt were cut into steak-like pieces and cooked, no. placed on plates at the kitchen table. Notes were found by each plate with the children's names she was going to feed it to them and one piece was in the backyard, which is assumed she tried to feed the dog. He would not eat it. (laughs) Knight was sentenced to life in prison, and the stamp, never to be released, was put onto her paperwork. This was the first time any Australian woman had this stamp applied to them. She did not know, or sorry, she did not show any remorse for what she had done and did not take any responsibility. She was also declared mentally fit and claims of insanity were thrown out the window. She's like really fucked up. That's great. Holy hell. Like, you know what's really funny about this is like I read a brief description about it the other day and I was like, this is a fucking good murder yeah. to talk about. And I, I didn't know all of the, those details. Yeah, like, like I, I, would... I read the description of that she like murdered her husband or mm-hmm. whatever and like was gonna feed it to her children. But I didn't like, I would totally suggest people to look more into it, because there's a lot of stuff I didn't put in, because I was like, okay, it's fucked up. Yeah. But, you know, I enjoyed reading it. I mean, it's a crazy murder. <laughs> it, yeah. She fucking hates men. Yeah, they literally said, like, she should never be released from prison. Like, I mean, she's probably gonna do it again. 100%. Especially if she is not mentally ill. Yeah. Who could do that kind of stuff and not be mentally ill? I don't know. Let's hear your murder, Jen. Okay, everyone's gonna know this one, but the details are so crazy. So I did this because I was really thinking about it and I was like, I want to do a murder that really struck me and really, you know, affected me. Right. And I remember... I mean, it didn't happen that long ago, but I remember the impact it had on our city mm-hmm. and myself and, like, just how fucking crazy it was. Um, so I'm doing Douglas Garland. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so it's the murders of Alvin and Kathy Lickness and Nathan O'Brien. So sad. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, like, everybody, I mean, who lives in this area, probably even, I mean, it made national news, world news, yeah, that kind of thing, right? So, um, they were, so they're, technically, their bodies have never been found. What? But, um, so they went missing on the evening of June 29th, 2014. Nathan wasn't even supposed to be sleeping over that night, mm-hmm. but because his grandparents had um, had just bought a house in Edmonton and they were going to move there to retire, he begged his parents to let him stay over because like, he was going to really miss them and stuff. Oh. Um, and so, um, yeah, so he, so his mom left him, and then the next day she didn't really hear from anybody, so she went over to pick him up, and then she like walked into the house, and like it was there's just blood, blood everywhere. But nobody was there, right? So, um, so the only reason that Douglas Garland was uh, was was a prime suspect is because surveillance cameras um, caught his truck 
in the area during that time. Dumbass. And people reported like seeing that truck on that street. So they traced it back to him. And his farm, um, his, his family's farm, which he lived on with his two elderly parents, is just outside of Airdrie on Highway 567. And, interesting fact, these murders happened directly across the street from my husband's boss's house. Shit. Yeah, I didn't know that until like a month ago, but... That's crazy. Fucked up. Yeah, so, um, so they, they haven't found the bodies because... Okay, but do you, I just have to jump back here. Do you remember it, I mean, I remember it being just all over the news every Mm -hmm. single day and like them and like filming police like scouring fields and fields and like searching and and whatever right and so when the trial started is when the evidence started coming into the public um, of what they actually found there because they charged him without finding the bodies of first-degree murder. Right, it was, like, circumstantial evidence. Yeah, so what they did find, though, is um, they found over 1,400 pieces of evidence at this farm to use against him, Mm -hmm. which is huge. Like, that's an insane amount of evidence. Um, So, they had um, they had DNA from all three that were found on the farm. So, it was in unlikely places such as a meat saw and meat hooks. Um, so they also found remains, DNA evidence, in the burn barrel, which is which is used on a, a lot of farms to burn garbage in right. rural areas. Um, so all three human beings they had they found biological material. Mm-hmm is what they're calling it, and several tiny teeth in these barrels. So I guess um, Alvin and and Douglas had a business relationship Mm -hmm. um, that soured in 2007. So that was seven years before he committed the murders, and he was just fucking... What a creep. ...building up his anger for seven years before he decided to kill them. That's insane. Um, so Kathy had occasionally during that time had been out to the farm. Mm-hmm. Obviously Alvin had too, but I mean Nathan wasn't even born at the time of falling out. So I mean he had never been on the farm, so that was also evidence that he was killed there. Right. Because there was no, there's no way otherwise his DNA could have been found there. Um, so Douglas had believed he had been robbed of a credit on a patent and shortchanged for his work on a pump. Like an oil pump, right? Yeah. Um, so his sister Patty and his and Douglas's parents, Doreen and Archie, testified to the fact that he was just still bitter. He was he's always been bitter towards people. Mm. Um, and that it was a petty dispute and it never brought anyone any money or fame or anything. And that that Douglas had found, had felt dominated and wronged. Um Police also found on his computer um, that he had internet searches, um, and that as the years had gone on, um, his resentment it felt like had broadened because he was like, "How to dispose of a body with acid?" 
and like how to hide remains and and like how to torture how to torture her and like his other searches was that he was into bondage now yeah what a creep yeah um so i mean they didn't find any of his dna whatsoever at the crime scene like at that house Hmm. they found nothing but i guess um he had and they found some they didn't find the exact one but they found some more of it um the bunny suits that forensic police officers wear to crime scenes so they don't have for evidence oh. so douglas had these and that's what they think he wore right because how else would he get in there and and like not yeah. have any dna anywhere um but at the same time like how would he kill three people or at least injure them, and like, how would neighbors not hear them like screaming for help? Well, that's the thing, right? And like, nobody heard anything. And I don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me at all. Until like, get the bodies into his vehicle to transport them and stuff. Right. Like, I know it's just like, like so I know, much... and I've never really found any details on, as to how they think he got them out of the house. Yeah. But I'm guessing he... like garage, maybe. Either the garage, or he like made them unconscious, or threatened them that they would he would kill the little one if. Yeah, I mean that could be too, right? Like I'm gonna kill the boy if you guys don't. Because then yeah, he would scream, and if their grandkid was like at risk, right? They absolutely wouldn't because they thought that there was a chance, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so he's his parents even said during the trial that he was always like really a meticulous planner and he needed to have everything planned right um and uh, the fact that they found so much dna evidence on this farm was uncharacteristic of, of him and but they thought that he just ran out of time because so like does that mean like he burned the bodies correct like, I, I thought that like because remember we watched that documentary or whatever and they were talking about how did i watch it with you or me talking about how like a pig's carcass is basically the same as a human when they're burning and that you can never fully get rid of the body like their ribs would still be left yeah i mean they he did burn them i don't know if they found yeah like he must have like done something yeah or buried things um yeah which is so I guess, um, so it says, while he was able to burn the three bodies and much of the evidence, proof that the grandparents and the little boy they loved were everywhere. So Kathy's DNA was on the meat hook and a corner of the truck's license plate. So like he must have just like dragged them out of right. the truck. Um, and the DNA of all three were found on a pair of rubber boots. So I don't know. Maybe he was wearing those. He must have been wearing them. So I guess he was a one-time medical student, but he suffered a mental breakdown in his first year. Um, and then he never returned. So he took a leave, and then he, his mom said he never went back. Um, so another huge key part of this evidence against him is that a surveying aircraft happened to be flying over mm-hmm. the farm on those days. And had, there was aerial photos taken. Um, and on July 1st, there's an aerial photo, which they, the press tr- tried hard to have it released to mm-hmm. the public. 
but it was only shown in court because oh, it was really? denied. Um, it showed two naked adults by a burn barrel, and they were wearing adult diapers, and a little boy that was like curled up in a ball. But then the second, the next day that they went, um, that this aircraft flew over and took more pictures, those were gone. So he burned them on July 1st. That's fucked up. And so that was a huge, that was a huge... I feel like that can't even be considered circumstantial. Like oh no, like, like evidence showing that they were lying dead beside these girls before he knew it. Also, like, where were his parents? Like, they yeah. lived on the farm with them. And, like, why would you have so much hatred over something that didn't even bring somebody money? But it happened seven years before you fucking like, did Why would this? you at least leave the kid? At least leave the kid. At, like, uh, he had that option, though, and he chose not to take it. Seven. He was five years old. It's not like the kid was gonna be able to describe you vividly. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, I mean, the evidence was overwhelming, and I, I just, I remember this affecting me pretty hard, because it was just like, I had just had a child, Yeah. and I was like, I could not imagine this happening to my child, or my parents, for that matter. Oh my god, if someone ever did that to anybody in my family, I'd rip them apart. Well, and you know, it's, I think it's fucking awesome, um, how many times he's been attacked in prison for what he's done. Has he? Oh yeah. He has to be in, uh, uh, seclusion all the time. They shouldn't be able to do that. They should just leave him. I agree. He deserves everything he gets. But he's been attacked apparently four times. Because people, like, in prison, like, read or, you know, like, when yeah, they it on the TV. for sure. Have seen what he's done and they, I mean. Well, old people and the kid. Good on you. Well. You can't get any worse than that. Like, what a piece of shit. And he, he pleaded not guilty He's probably trying to do this. like insanity or something. Oh and and apparently the whole time in court it didn't like it didn't affect him at all. He showed he no show remorse, him. nothing. Mm. But the jury convicted him of three counts of first degree murder. That's good. The possibility of parole. So, you know, I was actually thinking the other day. I can't remember what I was reading, but I was thinking to myself that like, if you were a family member in the courtroom. I know there's like laws in place that say like you can't speak and you can't do this and you can't do that or you'll be kicked out. But how could you physically sit there and not? Especially if you didn't know the full amount of evidence yeah. that they had found. And then, I mean, because it was like there was juries there, the jury was there. They had to display every single piece yeah. of evidence. Like hearing about like the meat hooks and like... Stuff like that. Like, I could not imagine sitting in that room if that was, like, my grandparents or something and being, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to sit here. I would take my chance to, like, just fucking wipe him off the planet. Like, I would not care. Well, exactly. And I guess there was blood everywhere. And I guess um, what's really sad is, like, um, Nathan and his grandma, they were in the spare bedroom of their house and they were sleeping together. Like, she, yeah, she was, like, sleeping same like he wanted her to sleep with him that night mm-hmm. um 
so like their blood, I guess, I mean this is weird, was like intertwined almost because they were like he attacked them. And I guess she got like her like a big blow and she was like she must have been trying to like lure him away from Nathan mm-hmm. because she was on the floor. Like, so there's a big pile of there's a big pool of blood mm-hmm. on the floor and I guess there was like a big pool of blood on the mattress and that's where Nathan was mm-hmm. and so like he was obviously so I don't know if they were dead there or he finished killing them at the farm but either way it's sad like you always want to say like I hope they like died quickly and didn't like suffer but it seems like I feel like they did. even with his searches and stuff like but I don't yeah. know man I just can't get it through my head how people do that kind of shit to one another and this one just feels like it hits like so close to home. Well, especially because I mean we're obviously like in literally, Airdrie, yeah, like, we're literally not that far away. Well, and can you imagine too how shocked they were to find out it was him? To be like, okay, it's been seven years, buddy. Well, the, yeah, like this guy shows up at your house and you're like, are you serious? Yeah, I'm like, I'll give you the fucking money. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think at that point, like it wasn't even about the money anymore. Like. Yeah, he was so resentful, and I don't seven years of resentment built up that, like, you know, you feel like after a while, yeah, you have fights with people, yeah, you feel like you were wronged, but normally, normal people after a little bit of time get over it. Get over it. I feel like I really like the psychology side of this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, like what is wrong in his head that like made him him seriously stick to it that hardcore and the fact that the resentment built from hatred to like I'm going to murder you yeah like not only murder you but like torture you and yeah fuck yeah so he like tried obviously tried to get rid of all the evidence but he didn't obviously there's over 1400 yeah, so apparently there was over 50 witnesses that testified in court, and which, like, probably were some police officers and right. whatever. And then there was, yeah, there, there was 1,400 pieces of evidence that the jury saw that they had. So not a very meticulous Well, and murder. the media was pissed because uh, it took them eight and a half hours of deliberation spread over two days before they returned with their, their verdict the jury were like how why did it take you so fucking long to decide that this guy was guilty when he was clearly guilty yeah but I mean they found him guilty because originally he was only going to be charged with two counts of first degree murder for the grandparents and one count of second degree murder because he didn't plan Nathan's death who cares exactly but the jury found him guilty of three counts of first degree yeah, like he's gonna spend the rest of his life in prison any either way. Yeah. This guy I just think needs to You know, things like this make you just wish that the death penalty was still in effect. hundred percent. Because this guy's a fucking decent. Like I said before, like yeah, like the death penalty brings a lot of controversy to the table. But a hundred percent. Like I am this piece of crap needs to not I think be if alive. you kill somebody 
and you mean to do it. I think, like, if you're defending yourself or defending a loved one or it was an accident, like an actual accident or something like that, that's different. But I think if you're a person who literally planned and chose to murder somebody, why shouldn't they get the same thing? Well, exactly. And, um... I guess, like, I forgot to say, like, a neighbor. Maybe it was... Maybe it was not. Uh, he, uh... He testified that he saw a huge fire. Like, he could see from the... From their yard, oh. from his house, on July 1st. So that's most of it when he was burning their bodies. God damn it. Yeah, it's, like, been here and over. Um... So, I mean, could be. Just crazy. Could be Nate's, uh... Oh, maybe. I don't think so, but... but there's, like, a bunch of properties around that. Yeah. Area. It was just random talk one day, and Nate was like, Yeah, did you know they live, like, right across... I was like, what the heck? I'm like, tell it's them funny, to like, move. how I, how excited you're like, Can I talk to these people? Yeah, I'm like, did they see it? Do they did know they hear people? it? Tell me everything about that. <laughs> Was he nice before this happened? Like, what happened? <laughs> I know. And everybody just thinks we're so weird because we're like, tell me everything. That's like, right you know, now. I actually have to look at this other... So I thought that it was this guy that my dad worked with on the rigs. Yeah. But when I asked him, he said no. And I don't know if you remember what murder this is, but like a couple years ago, like within the last 10 years, this older couple was found in a motorhome. Yes! That guy? It was that guy. Shut that the I, fuck up! like worked on the rigs. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because I, I don't know why. I think it was just because it was two elderly couples. Yeah. And then, yeah, but I was thinking about it more and more. Cause my dad yeah, was but like, their bodies no. had never been found either. I know. My dad was like, no, I never worked with him. But then I was thinking, I'm like, but you told me you worked with one. And then he said the other guy. And I was like, I'm going to look that up that murder. <laughs> looks, that guy is so fucking creepy. We have to look it up now that I talked about it. I yeah. forget what it was, but. Oh my God. It's so creepy. Have you seen a picture of this dude? No. Well, you know what? He looks like a murderer. Episode 7. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. Here we come. <laughs> all right. All right. Do you have a second story tonight, Jen? I do not. That was my only story tonight. Okay. Well. Are you going to say our closing? You can say it. <laughs> you do it this time. <laughs> okay, always remember to keep your wine glasses full. And don't get murdered. Bye. Bye.